Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Yeah, but just like, just like I seen Coming to America or whatever, I never saw E.T. Mmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like if I, I mean, sometimes I, sometimes I say stuff just to, you know, just to make white people feel, you know, like I, I love saying who when they be like, you know, Meryl Streep. I'll be like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that Miss Sita from Sita's World can still get it. It don't matter that that booty is in 16-bit. It's still a booty worth celebrating. Square Mario Kart booties need love too. And I'm just the man to give it to them. That is something that I believe, ladies and gentlemen at home. And it's a, it's a fact that I'm spreading out in the world. I'm your host, Langston Kerman, as always. What a pleasure to be back with you. We've taken quite a fucking hiatus. You know, I don't usually leave y'all for very long, but I left you and I apologize. But I'm back, baby. And I'm I'm as fucked up as ever. I'm as sick and twisted as you, you remember. And listen, my guest today, she is not fucked up she she is i'd say she's a a good person 
and and more importantly a very funny person an exceptionally funny individual so so talented you know her from from amazing shit she's been on all deaf comedy she's she's hilarious she oh oh she has a show it's in its second season on amazon it's called upload y'all need to be watching that shit please give it up for my guest miss zaynab johnson hey langston yeah <laughs> hey, was I supposed to wait? I don't know. You know, whenever you were ready. Huh? We no never rules. know. We you never know, know. They're not real people. I'm just pressing a button. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how some people are so like OCD. It's like, let's run that back. Let me let me do that again. Oh no, I don't give a shit. I okay. I just uh, fumble fumble through this every time we do it. Okay. So you know, I'm happy. I'm just happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you came with a conspiracy theory that I'll be honest, it's it's a challenging one, I'd say. It's it's one that that will challenge all of us, both both listeners and podcasters alike. We we are all going to be challenged by your conspiracy theory and I won't waste any more time. You said my mama told me. Be careful. You can lose your black car. Tell yeah. me more. Since the dawn of time. <laughs> <laughs> In the beginning. I mean, yeah, we've all heard it. We've all made that classic mistake where you didn't say something right. You aren't familiar with whatever is in black culture, mm-hmm. something that is cemented, something that they feel like black people feel like whoever the black people, you know how we say like black Twitter. It's like, I don't know who specifically black Twitter is, sure. but when they decide something, it has been decided. Yes. And if you, and if for some reason you drop the ball, you lose your black card, which right. essentially means you lose credit. You no longer are credited with being (laughs) a black person, which is crazy, but it happens and we care about it. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. And you're already diving in. And I love this. Your your energy. I feel fucking your your (laughs) your intensity is it's it's emanating through the screen. But you said that it's it's crazy. And I'm curious to know more. Do you, in fact, think it's like crazy in a wrong way? Or just crazy in a like, whoa, that's wild kind of way. I think it depends on the day, Langston, okay. because I've been on both sides. Right. I've I've lost the black card a few times. Yeah. I, I imagine there may come a time in this episode where you decide to revoke it <laughs> or, <laughs> or your listeners. <laughs> I'm sure. But I've also been on the other side where I'm like, you really don't know. Oh, no, no, no. Run me that. Run me that. Yeah. You know, run me that black card. Very rarely, though. I'm never on the side because because I'm so often on the, the, the side that loses it. But I think that it's wild because where did it come from? Mm-hmm. You know, and this I, I, I think like in black culture, there's always been this thing about like you ain't black enough or yeah. you ain't being black or you ain't being the right type of black, you know? It's right. like there's there's always been that thing. And I wonder, like, did we do that to ourselves? And the black card is just, like, one part of that. Sure. You know? I, well, let me address a few things. First of all, you you should in no way fear the possibility that you will lose your black card because of me. Who, 
who am I, as as light as I am, to be taking the black card away from a lady named Zainab Johnston? You know what I mean? Like, I ain't got well, you, no business doing nothing. <laughs> but you know what? The black card ain't even got to do with what you look like or with right. your name. You, you know, Ta- sure. they might take a black card away from you, but... I've lost a black card because my name is Zainab. So soundingly, like sounding so ethnic for me to not, that's all the more reason. Whoa, right. That like, and that's what makes it so complicated, right? Is that it does become, if if I can, it, I hate even making this like a, a more like intellectual conversation, but it it is sort of like we standardize these small pockets of community. And we say this is a representation of all blackness, right? Mm-hmm. But then that community is not communi- communicating with another black community that set itself up. And mm-hmm. so those black communities start to jet against each other, where it's like, nah, the, the black people of this section of the country don't believe this is what black people do. And then you move to Ohio or New York or whatever the fuck it is. And suddenly they're like, yeah, we do that. And they're like, nigga, you ain't real. You ain't Mm. black. You I'm taking your black card. And it often is with things that really don't matter. Like I'll reveal Mm. something that in the past couple of years, you know, like my black boyfriend, like I think he reevaluated the relationship with me when it was revealed. I Uh-oh. can't tell I I can't tell you an Anita Baker song. Oh man. All I, right. I wouldn't know it was Anita Baker if she was standing <laughs> next to me in Trader Joe's. <laughs> I Whoa. wouldn't even know. If people was like, you know, that's if she came up to me and was like, hey, I'm Anita, I would not be like, oh, Baker. No. Right. I would You'd be, be like, like I met this who? lovely and I would be like, I met this lovely woman named Anita. <laughs> Who told who who told me she's doing a show tonight? And, I assume she's and, some sort of lounge singer. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would be like, maybe she saw my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I met this lady named Anita. She's a big fan of me. <laughs> but that's to your point. That is a crazy thing, right? That like you have spent your entire life as a black woman living around Black people, experiencing Black things, and then suddenly you express to a person who you are intimate with, who you who you share everything with, this vulnerability in, in some sense. And then they go, everything you've stood for up to this point has lost a level of value. That's crazy. Yeah, but, but see, Langston, even your face, you see how five minutes ago you was like, there's no way I could. Yeah. Do it. But then your reaction, the way, it's like you had... Your reaction was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Listen, listen, I, I, again, I'm not taking it away, but I did wince. I, there was a, <laughs> there was a slight, uh, a slight twint, you know what I mean? Just a little tink in, in, at the sound of not knowing any Anita Baker. I couldn't tell you one. I apologize. I'm, I'm, That's, come on, dog. I, if you sing it, maybe I, like, but you saying that, I have, yeah. like, you know, like, it, like, you know, if you said to me right now, Beyonce single ladies, I would be able to say, oh, my single lady, right? Yeah, or yeah, if you yeah. said, uh, I don't know, Michael Jackson, remember the time, I would be able to be sure. like, do you remember? What was the title? You just, I can't even remember the title. You just that, said it. And listen, I, I'm not going to force it down your throat. <laughs> I understand. I am saying, maybe, you know, when you get off, you just write this down. <laughs> I apologize. This is a great song by Anita Baker. 
Okay. And she likes us streaming her music now again. She was yeah, very upset. But that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, but I know at one point she didn't want nobody streaming her music, but that's because I listen to the news and I mm-hmm. listen to like things that I want to know. Like I listen to like lawyers a lot and sometimes, you know, you know? Yeah. so I'm like, oh, here's this Anita woman again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if you're aware of the fact that you're not supposed to be streaming Anita Baker's music or you weren't supposed to be, then you're still supporting black women. And that's nice. You're still doing the right business, even if your boyfriend is taking the card away for it. Ex-boyfriend. Somehow. Ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. All right. Well, fuck him then. He's dead to us <laughs> here at the podcast. OK, so you you do see a level of craziness in the way that we sort of like handle these things. Let me ask this. Have you ever been on the side of taking or at least uh, uh, wanting to take someone's black card away from them or, or, or demanding that someone should lose their black card because of their behavior? Yes, but only in jest. I think that it's mm-hmm. actually crazy, like in the ludicrous way, like what's happening when someone is really adamant, like when they're really serious, you know, like when yeah. it almost when it almost becomes like bullying. Yep. You know, when it's mm-hmm. like that, then I'm like, well, why don't you do, like like the the reaction you had to me about Anita Baker? If if anybody was born in like the mid to late eight, eight, the 80s, 90s, it like and maybe like early 2000s. If you have before the new Coming to America came out, if you hadn't seen Coming to America, because that is such a staple in yeah. my my upbringing, I might be like, you ain't seen Coming to America, Five Heartbeats. What, like, you know, like all of these things that were like, this is the reason why we went to the movies when I was younger. You know, if yeah. you haven't experienced that, then I'm going to be like, oh, girl, we might need to take your black card. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like this. Five Heartbeats. Uh, you, you were vulnerable with me. I'll be vulnerable with you. Never seen it. Never even never went that down that train. So here, so now here's another level of the black card, right? Yep. They might not take they 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 might not take your black card, but then here's the follow up question: Do you have any desire to see it? I'll say this: I have always had a desire to see it, but I've also always felt a weird Venn diagram existed between what I knew of it and the Temptations movie, just with having Leon and Bo. You know what I mean? Like it it had enough of a Venn diagram where it was like. No, I get it. I know what the fuck this is. And I never ventured beyond that instinct. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know why they made the Temptations movie? I don't. Tell me. Because Five Heartbeats was so good. Everybody thought Five Heartbeats was a real group. Oh. But Five Five Heartbeats was based on not one specific specific group, but an amalgamation of those types of groups. Gotcha. And Robert Townsend felt like nobody's telling the stories of of these you know, soul, R&B soul groups. And right. so he told a fictionalized version of of a collection of them and got this one group to do like the vocals and everything. And it became such a hit after the box. So it's like a, a black culture classic, right? right. Then See how you like, shaming me? Look how you doing. Well, I'm it's teaching a black you. I'm teaching culture you. <laughs> classic. <laughs> you, 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 all, all that behavior, I had none of that. <laughs> You got all close to the microphone. Black culture classic. Classic. Like, yo, come on. Relax. Relax. I get it. Somebody cue up Anita. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so popular. They was like, VH1 was like, well, we should probably make a Temptations 
movement. Right. And I do think you're absolutely right with the Venn diagram. I do think that there is something weird. Like if you are a huge fan of the of the uh, Five Heartbeats, you watch the Temptation movie and you and you enjoy it, but you don't love it. The way oh. you you don't love it, you know. What I'm saying? I, I, I'll say that in in my ignorance, I always presumed that the Temptations movie came first. No. And so for me, it just looked like, oh, Robert Townsend like did his own Temptations movie, and I'm good. I like I'll see it if I see it, but I'm never gonna like hunt this down. But now that I know, I'm gonna put a little more effort into it. You should go see it. This is not a podcast uh, about me telling you what to see, but. <laughs> Because even the making of it, even the making of it. But see, this is this. You see this intensity that I have. I'm uh-huh. not going to follow it up with like. So now you don't have a black car. But that's what. That's the passion behind why black. Why a black person would revoke someone else's black car. Right. But it's a genuine passion. Yeah. It just gets a little bit crazy. I agree. I, I think it's and you made a point. Uh, as you were sort of going through a lot of this about the generational quality that exists in this, right? That like coming to America, for example, is such a staple in in my Black life, your Black life, a lot of Black lives. But if I talk to somebody that's younger than us, that that sort of is born in the aughts and like very much a person of like this new generation, they might not value coming to America in the same way. And so for us to then go, you ain't black, I think creates like a weird sort of like, mm-hmm. com- you know, bumping, a, a, a mm-hmm. bumping against each other. Because like, how the fuck would they know? They didn't, mm-hmm. they weren't around for Eddie Murphy when he was really Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. They got Eddie Murphy when he was putting on like reggae hats and playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they may have seen Coming to America too. That might be their first introduction to it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know... I'm going to, I work with Amazon at this point, so I'm going to, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it's, it, 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 it ain't what you want to start with. No. It, <laughs> hey, hey, we're all out here doing our best, but, but it ain't, it ain't the original. And I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. Yes. But there's also like, there's this other side of being a black identity, mm-hmm. right? That is so serious. Right. That thing where there's so much um, isms attached mm. to, to being black and there's so much trauma attached to black identity and the appearance of blackness. Right. Yeah. And so to then disqualify somebody who may be dealing with the, the real ramifications of being a black person in America, but also in this world dealing with that to then say, well, you don't speak a certain way or you don't have, you haven't had the same experiences as me. You're not tapped into the culture in the same way that I am. And so therefore, no, you're not black. That's a really toxic conversation. Yeah. And I I do think that is where some of this sort of like gets into a, a very sticky trap, right? Is is you are isolating people from a community that they very much identify with largely in that they cannot unidentify with it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you can't stop being Black in America, even the most, like, the people who we label the cooniest coons, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, are still, in some ways, like, they're Black. They have Mm -hmm. to be. It it is inescapable for them. And Mm -hmm. so to then be like, yo, you can't kick it with us, 
Like they don't stop existing. They're they're mm-hmm. just now feeling isolated and also, you know, dealing with whatever, like you said, the ramifications of of trauma and and the white man's trickery on, on the other <laughs> side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this last question before before we go to break, because I'm I'm enjoying where this side of the train is going. Do you feel like then there are people who I guess would celebrate the idea of the black card being revoked. Like if if you look at a Candace Owens, for example, mm-hmm. like is she is she cheering at the idea of her her you know black card being taken away from her or losing her black card? Is a Terry Crews pumping his arms and being like fuck yeah, take it away, I don't need that shit? Or is this is it more complicated than that? I think it's definitely more complicated, more nuanced than that. I think that you would find somebody like Terry Crews maybe saying something like that in jest. I think that a Candace Owens doesn't have the humor capacity to, you know, like we'd be like, I, uh, I don't need, you know, like, thank God you guys took my black. That's that was the last thing I was holding on to. You, thank, <laughs> for, you know, thank you for appreciating, you know. But I, I do think that there are people that exist that are black that might take on the pride of not being identified as black and this is not this is not so much a visual thing mm-hmm. but it's a behavioral thing you know sure. in a social status thing but they wouldn't do it in front of other black people oh that's interesting you know that's like something that you say hey, are you watching bel air am i personally yeah. Oh, this is, you putting pressure on me. You represent Amazon. I represent Peacock. Yeah, I love Bel Air. My favorite show. Can't get enough of it. Mm, mm, mm. Give me that Will Smith boy. Well, well, then Langston, you, you know, you you know that scene, that scene that you know all so well. <laughs> you know, I know it, but go ahead and describe it anyway for our listeners, the, not me. The, the character Carlton, the the new vision of Carlton. He's in a locker room with his prep school buddies and they're all white guys and they're singing a rap song. And the white guy is saying like N-word, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and that type of I, I could see that sort of character feeling like in that space, it's OK because nobody knows. But the moment Will's character is now in a space, now there's conflict because there's a witness to this. Right. There's somebody else that's opposing it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I think it's it's interesting because the, you're suggesting that there is so much of our Black identity is, is, a, is related around community. That yeah. like, without the community, what is Blackness, right? It, it is something that we can easily, theoretically at least, abandon were it not for a bunch of white people being, you know, ridiculously uh, violent and angry towards us. But like we could abandon the blackness if it weren't for the fact that other black people are nearby. And then we got to be like, shit, I got to be I got to be black all the time and with with this other person. And so it becomes a bit of a a catch 22 in a way. Right. Because it's like that is both beautiful because then that's how we connect to each other. That's how we relate. That's how we identify. But then it's also seems hindering mm-hmm. where it's like oh fuck i got to i got to perform as a community member at all as all time at all times instead of as a singular person mhm mhm oh shit this is heavy before break I, <laughs> you know we try to go to break on some laugh lines and shit and you were like no nah, i'm about to hit you with some wisdom 
motherfucker. Well, well here, here's a joke I was trying to tell. You know, they were trying to get Ellen up out of here, right? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I was, I was like, Ellen can't leave before I dance on her show, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, but, but I've been practicing. I've been practicing my Ellen dance because I got to dance well enough so black people know that I can dance. Right. But not too good where they like, look at her doing too much for the white, for the white lady. Yo. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that was even deeper, but I made you laugh. You go to commercial. Now. No, it, 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 you, I'll decide when we go to commercial. How dare you? <laughs> but I will say that's that's a good fucking point because there is it's a sticky situation because you go out there and you do too many moves that look yeah. like you rehearse and like look at this nigga tap dancing. Yeah, exactly for for the white devil. And it's like no, you got to just stay in your pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But. All right. Well, we're going to get you on Ellen with this episode, in fact. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Zaynab Johnson and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. And we are back. Did you get your shots? Girl, would you like to come back with Rob to America? America. Yeah, we're back here with more Zaynab Johnson. More my mama Yo, told me. <laughs> I ain't heard R. Kelly in so long. And I like to throw him in every once in a while. <laughs> see what it does for the I, listeners. I ain't heard R. Kelly. In so, and what's crazy is I'm like, oh, I know this. Oh, but I ain't supposed. No. I, I, right? <laughs> also, it's literally the most predatory thing he's ever done. 
at least in a public <laughs> space, of begging a bunch of foreign women to come back and get their get their shots first, obviously, and then come back to America to be his captive. And this was during he was already oh, he was he like was on, on parole. He was like on probation. Like <laughs> my man like, did not give a fuck. Or out on bail, he would say he was like, I don't. Yeah, I got it. I'm gonna do me. He's so, like, nah, I can still get a captive with you. This this can still work. Let me let me dig into this research with you because okay. I I. Like I said, because the, the black card itself is more of a, a euphemism than it is yeah. a real thing. There is no actual black card. It obviously is a topic that lives more in theory than hard facts. But there is it, it got me sort of thinking about like the idea of revoking a black card. Right. And I found a Chicago Tribune article that explored this author's complicated relationship with their black card, or at least with the way that the black card is sort of treated out in society. And one of the things that they said was complicated is this constant response. And it feels like a very new response that comes from white people in saying how sort of like uh, unfair or racist it is that black people are able to utilize and or even refer to a black card because the same would not be true for a white person, that there is no white card. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. White people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) White people are crazy. There are no black people. I'm about to say some real stereotypical things, but there are no black people like it ain't it ain't even fair that they put in cranberries in a potato salad. Like we're not over here looking across the fence saying it's like you actually can do that. That's not up to us. Yeah. <laughs> if y'all want white cards, you can have white cards. Yeah, you can have white cards. But <laughs> just know if you say, now give you you losing your white card, that, it just feels different. It feels yeah. different. <laughs> it sounds different. It feels different. But you know what it is. I, I actually know what it is. It's because at the end of the day, Black culture is the essence of everything, Uh you know, and we're able to make everything so cool, even in our district, instead of saying, oh, you ain't, you ain't seen this thing that I seen. You ain't had the same, instead of saying that we say, run me your black card. Yeah. We make everything so cool. But then if you actually think about it and this is going, I'm getting real hoteppy now. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, put that on. <laughs> you know, if you if you if you think about <laughs> uh Dr. Zainab Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, for the listeners at home, Zainab just pulled out an onk and uh she's going to town. Go ahead. She lit an incense. Uh you know, when you think about like actual credit and currency, right? Mm-hmm. What's the highest level of credit you can have when people feel really really on they it's a black card Uh right uh was hired in a platinum card was hired in a gold card it's a black card Uh and the fact that we use that euphem you know we use that term in in a very different way it's still a certain there's still we're still putting a there's a certain like hierarchy to you know what i'm saying white card sounds whack right we are beautifying yeah Every part of our our language, our communication, even as we are taking something away from one of our peers, it is still mm-hmm. taking a it's taking the best of the best away from them, not just some bullshit to your point, which a white guard would be like, I don't I didn't want that shit in the first place. And ultimately, it's it's celebratory, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you are quote unquote taking somebody's black card, 
you're not taking it because you're not like, oh, you ain't kill five niggas? Oh, give me right. Ain't nobody yeah, saying yeah. that. It's like, hold on. There are these things in our exist in our history that we we have to, that we want to, and that we always hope will be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And so the only reason why we're saying we're taking your black card is because if you don't know these things, if you haven't experienced these things, then that means at some point in this history, it'll stop. Yep. And we don't want it to stop. And so really, it's 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 celebratory. And I mean, I think that we have been like the people who have found a way in all of the strife and all of the hardship we found a way to celebrate everything. Right. You know? And so I think in essence, what that person in that article is saying, we're, oh, like, it's unfair. We don't have a white card. It's like, yeah, and all the shit that y'all have, all the privilege, that the quote-unquote privilege that, that people say that a certain group of people have, y'all don't be celebrating. Right. Yeah, you're... It, it, white parties, they don't even play music. They just sort of <laughs> stand around and chat with each other. Listen, even when you said white party, I thought about a whole bunch of black people wearing white. <laughs> <laughs> On Diddy's yacht. <laughs> no, but I, I think to your point, it's it's we don't always have a lot. We're not always sitting on like fucking gold in terms of the resources that we are allotted. But we are sort of finding ourselves in positions where we're creating fun and interesting games and all kinds of cool shit inside of that. And that, I think, to your point, is frustrating for an an outsider looking in who goes, Mm -hmm. well, we took everything from them. Why are these niggas still giggling? Like, why the fuck are they still finding ways to have fun inside of that? And that's frustrating, I imagine, if Mm -hmm. if you wish that we were dead and gone, I guess. Mhm mhm. I just, you know, like just on a just on a person to person level, I rarely and I mean, you know, Langston with all of our ambitions yeah. and goals and and sometimes you find yourself especially in this business, you find yourself, you know, looking at your peers sometimes who may be moving at a different pace than you and you may be like, "Dang, I I wanted that thing too." Uh-huh. You know? And why did they get this thing or get this opportunity and I didn't? Be outside of that. I rarely, I ain't never really looking across my neighbor's lawn like what they over there doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the concept of a person doing that, but then like an entire like race of people doing like what they over there doing. Yeah. And why can't they look like they? Why can't we do it? That's like crazy to me. Sure. No, it, I think it is. It's, I've never once, to your point, I literally, I don't even know what the ladies who live across the, <laughs> the street look like. Like, I, I just mind my fucking business to some extent. And the idea that people who are not your neighbors, who are truly, truly just people existing out in the world, are causing that much of a distraction to you. That you feel like you need to police the way that they speak to each other, the way that they they are communicating inside of a smaller world is fucking nuts. There's no other explanation for it. But we we gotta help. I mean, I think this is I think this is our plight in life. We going we just gotta help. We gotta help white people. We mm. gotta get white people some cool shit. We gotta <laughs> find out what they white card. You get what I'm saying? We gotta get sure. them a white card. We gotta get them. We gotta get them some white culture so that they got that. You know what I'm saying? So they. But here's the thing: we wouldn't care. Like I swear, mm-hmm. if I heard two white women like what you don't know who Paris Hilton is, yeah. Give I I sorry for the impression. <laughs> no, you, I, you nailed it. I, 
I, I don't know why I have. Okay. You don't know who Paris Hill it is. Give me your white card, girl. I would not care. Nah, like, that'd I would be funny to I me. Would, yo, it would give me such a good bit. I would crack up laughing. Yeah. I would be like, ooh. You know? Yeah. Ooh. Nah, you in trouble. You, you in trouble yeah. with the whites. Look at this. Like, I, want, I wonder who else they got to know about. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny G. We got to give them a word. <laughs> we got to give them stuff so that they also feel like we got this cool thing. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a very beautiful way to look at their insanity. It's like, yo, y'all could have it too. If you would yeah. just stop focusing on us, you truly, and we don't even have the power to police you most of the time. Like even, you know, it, I, I have frustrating conversations with with our white peers and in, in sort of the comedy industry where they go like, you know, I everybody wants diversity now. And I feel like I'm not I'm being overlooked or I'm not getting the opportunities. And it's like, bro, I don't think that's fucking true. And even if it is like there's still so many pockets that we haven't made it into, like even yeah. if the threshold is starting to bleed towards wanting black and brown voices mixed into the whole thing there's a bunch of shit that just still is wholly totally white that you can thrive in and will not reject you in any way shape or form yeah so like go do your thing go have fun in your little white space if that's that much of a concern for you yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) because i was just i was you know i was thinking like also then be you know, for so long and, 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 you know, I really want to hear what else you found, what, what other research you found, but it's like for so long, you know, a certain group of people were able to be average uh-huh. or not even, you know? And it's like, so now in order for you to not be overlooked, you have to be a bit more than, and so work on that. That's not actually <laughs> not my fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not our fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you have work to do because now you can't just show up. You right. actually have to show up and stand out. Yeah, this this really shifted from a nineteen fifties NBA to nineteen you know ninety nine NBA. You gotta yeah. Let's play some ball. You know what I mean? This, this little place, Bob yeah. Cousy shit ain't gonna cut it. And even still, not really. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I it's very rare. There's still there's there's so many billboards that I like not like. Like we're 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 doing you a favor. We're being severely empathetic and kind and patient having this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why am I being overlooked? Or I wish well, we don't have a white card. That that shows our compassion. Right. But it's like Yeah. Nigga, come on. Yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't even have to entertain this. You know. So this is what it got me thinking about, because as I was reading through this article, he sort of uh, this author was making a bunch of points about how the black heart itself is not, in fact, racist. And so much of it is just a a sort of like response that comes out of, you know, exactly to what your point, the insanity of white people wanting to commodify and take control of black voices, black perspectives, mm-hmm. all of that shit. But one of the things that I got to thinking about, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on is a fear that I've I've been feeling for a while that maybe we give them too much of our shit. Do you know what I mean? That like, sometimes I worry that especially because of the internet, we're making so many of our black card shit available for their entertainment that mm-hmm. when they take it, 
were always baffled and like, how the fuck, why would you, how could you, Kim Kardashian, do the things that we do in our spaces? And it's like, yeah, but we told the bitch everything we do and a goofy motherfucker like that is going to naturally do it. And I'd love to hear where you stand in all of that. Do you feel like we're giving too much away or is that me shaming ourselves for a yeah, thing? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's blaming the victim. Mm. I think we're just living. The young black girl that does a dance on TikTok, yep. she just did a dance that day. She fucking heard a song. She was inspired. Yep. And she's so gifted that she came up with a fucking dance. They got millions of views. And then a bunch of other people do it. So it's not our... It, it, we have to blame the Ellens of the world yeah. who then grabbed the white kid that co-ops that dance and puts them on the global stage. Right. That's not that 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 little girl was just living her life and utilizing a tool put in place for her to live her life. That's it. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. so what so 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 what I'm what what am I supposed to do? Not wear cornrows for fear that the that a Kardashian is going to wear the cornrows? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all we're actually doing is living our lives. And in living our lives more and more so boldly and unapologetically, which I think is absolutely beautiful. I love that. You know, and I think, and, but, but I mean, it goes back to people, they, ain't nobody give up, rock. Mm. Ain't nobody give that up. Right. People was playing their hearts, their souls, their, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that it is not, it is not simply that we, uh, we handed it over politely to the people who commodified it. They simply, they took advantage of a situation. They stole the rights to this type of music or to the songs themselves. And because they were in charge of the radios, they were in charge of all the other things, it became theirs. We didn't hand it over. And I hear a lot of people, exactly, I hear a lot of people say with, with I'll just say, a protesting, like in this country and around the world, it's like, well, if we just stop, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? If we stop as you say, giving, if we stop spending money, if we stop, yeah, sure, that sounds good. But we, what are we supposed to just stop living our life? Like you want us to come to a complete stop? And I, I, I'm not saying, I know somebody is probably listening like, no, 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 it's not stop spending your money. It's spending your money in black, we're black places. It's like, the, yeah, that's, that's, do you think I don't want to spend my money in black places? Right. But when I just need some freaking toilet paper, because I just went... <laughs> Ain't no, it ain't no black toilet paper in the 7-Eleven and it ain't no black toilet paper in Target. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So you, you got to stop. It, so it's, it's like you, you it, it's like really asking us, a, a person who is really just as people, we're just, and this shouldn't be blamed, like in the, naively in the pursuit of happiness. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I will say, I, I feel that fear that, that I expressed to you, but then I feel all the things that you're saying along with it, right? Is that people shouldn't have to, to sort of like squash their goals or their lives or keep secrets from, you know, the outside world. Young people shouldn't have, young black people shouldn't have to avoid the internet at the cost that like they're giving away a part yeah. of our culture. And so it really is more a question of like, why is it that there's this incessant need to either control or or at least or take it exists mm -hmm. in this white community more than it is being like black people shut the fuck up. That's just how. Yeah. 
I, I was I was on this um, panel recently and they were talking about like black voices and more specifically black female voices. And like, so how do we continue to, you know, push these stories and stuff? And I'm like, you know, this this is probably like a really idealistic answer, mm-hmm. but it's actually like a humankind issue. Right. Because like I don't need to be a kid to watch a kid's story. I don't need to be a man to watch a story. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to be white to understand white people and their stories. And so you shouldn't have to be a woman to want to see women. You shouldn't have to be black or Spanish or Indian or Asian to want to see those stories. Mm -hmm. And if you are, you the problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Zaynab's hot, y'all. She mad. (laughs) She came on very, she came on very poised. Her bun is undone now. Her hair is everywhere. (laughs) You know, and it's like, I don't know quite how to fix an issue that I feel like starts in like the soul. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that, that is the challenge that we're facing now. And it's sort of the frustrating one that that I at least feel sometimes in in these there's this instinct now where white people say some crazy shit and we shame them we we tweet at them we go how you you should know mr man that actually this was started by a black person and shame on you for not knowing that and it's like i don't know that that's fixing anything anymore and that's part of what i mean about like the giving and maybe it's mm-hmm. more of a giving of our own spirit because the reality is, is that their souls are so broken in a lot of ways that they're, <laughs> yeah, I think they're fucking. No, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at both of us like, God dang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, for us to know and work with so many white people. Yeah, I'll tell them to their faces. <laughs> but no, I, I think there's such a brokenness in the way that that as a mass, their culture moves that you shaming, it's not like you say that shit and they go, oh shit, my bad. I didn't realize. I've learned something today. And maybe that's a, a natural human instinct, right? Like we're not always quick to, to acknowledge our weakness. That's the very animal thing that exists inside of us. But I do genuinely think we've reached the point where we have to stop negotiating with, with qualities that we know are they they know they're not dumb they're mm-hmm. fully aware they just don't like us bro and you tweeting at them ain't gonna make make them cooler you know mm-hmm. let me ask you this though and this is just this is a little aside mm-hmm. have you ever seen like a white person make a mistake and then a black person call them out and you'd be like damn i ain't know that either all the time <laughs> <laughs> Now, what black person did? What, oh, you, you know, I would have lost. I'd have lost my black card, but the white person just got yelled at. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Shame on you, brother. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it happens all the time, and so it's one of those things. That I think, I think we all have have a responsibility to just be humans inside of some of this shit. And be honest that, like, if a person corrects you, a person corrects you. It isn't always racial. It isn't always rooted in some, like, indignity to to another person's, like, culture. It truly might just be you got some shit wrong. And if you can un, undo the part of you that goes, like, why is this white man saying this to me or this black lady talking to me this way? 
we might be able to just reach a point where we go, my bad, dog. Truly had no idea. My card stays intact. Uh, everything is everything is as it should be in terms of who I am, uh, because we're we're a little more tolerant of each other. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this last question before we go to break. I'm curious to know because one of the things that this article sort of addresses is this massive wave of of sort of like young black people, especially, but I think it's black people of all kinds who sort of are are constantly pushing. Blackness is not a monolith, right? That mm-hmm. there is no singular black rule. Experience. It's, yeah, or experience. It's all the people that are like, why Why as a black man do I have to vote for Democrats? The Democrats ain't done shit for me. Like, where do you think they fall in the world of losing black cards? Is a person who who sort of takes the position that like, yo, I don't want to align with all of these these things suddenly less black or is that more complicated as well? That's definitely more complicated. And I don't think, I mean, I definitely don't. It, in in terms of like um the black card, I think that they're like culturally prevalent things, mm-hmm. but not not so much political thing. Like oh, if that's somebody smart. is like yeah, if somebody is like, well why sh-? especially if they're if especially if they word it in question form, mm-hmm. you know, then I'm not gonna be like Oh, you ain't you ain't vote for Biden, man. You you losing your black card. Like I think that, I I mean that that might be the most idiotic thing. Sure, to say, you know, <laughs> and, and and it's it's actually more insulting when because it just hit me thinking about that statement when a white person kind of tells you that you're not black enough. Well, Biden or did you're it. losing your yeah. exactly. Exactly. Like if you don't vote for me, then you're not black. It's like that's the same as saying the N word. Yeah. Pretty you much. said some. You said something in a community that you ain't a part of. Yeah. You don't got. You can't even determine that. You know. But I think that a quote unquote cultural staple is different than a hard conversation, even if it's a conversation of discourse in an attempt to, to I don't know, find a solution yeah. for a group of people. I don't think that. I don't think that a black card plays in. I think that's a healthy way to approach it. I yeah. Think, I think it's a dangerous game when we start getting into political conversations and sort of like these grander uh, existential even conversations. But to your point, if we're yeah. talking about like, yo, you ain't, you don't, you know, do this with your grits. All right. That's, yeah. a, that's a conversation where we can remain silly and casual inside of it and still be healthy communicators on the o- other side of it. Yeah. Like I have the same response if a person is black or white, if somebody is like um, they voted for, I don't care what you look like. If today you're like, nah, I'm for a third world war. I'm going to have the same sort of response. (laughs) That's not a, that's not a black or you get what I'm saying? That's not like, I'm not going to be like, oh man, you want to, you want them to go to war. You ain't black. I'm going to have, I don't care what, what your gender is, what your ethnic makeup is. I'm going to have the same response. Yeah. This ain't a racial conversation no more. You a nut. And I, I, I would like you to stop behaving the way you're behaving. But I, I think that there's certain things that are in that same demo that I named 80s, 90s, early 2000s that they experience in a very like white way yeah. that I didn't experience. And that and, and that would be OK if they were like shocked that I didn't. Ex- that would be OK. And if amongst their peers, 
Like if, if white people sat at a table and were like, you didn't see Seinfeld. Right. I would I would understand that. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think they do shame each other for that. And maybe yeah. to your point, they can start adding cards to this shit. Like <laughs> take some cards away. Let's see. Let's I think this is the grander point that I think I'm getting from all of this. <laughs> we need to create more hierarchy in the white community. You all yeah. have been living sort of at this like uh, this shared white experience without acknowledging <laughs> anything for too long. I'm trying to see some some kings and some queens rise up. I'm trying to see some <laughs> poppers fall down. Let's let's start a white world war is what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, I ain't even I, I, I won't be there. <laughs> I, I won't tune in. <laughs> I won't. It's like what they what they It's just like my neighbor across the street. I don't know what they doing over there. I don't know. And, and I don't care to know. Nope. That ain't none of my business. All right. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Zaynab Johnson. More my mama told me. Hacks is back for season three. And so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. And we are back. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, we're back here with more Zaynab Johnson. More my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that a black card can be lost, taken away, revoked, as the, the classic card game suggests. Okay, this is exciting for me because as I was looking through research and trying to uh, unpack the possibility of sort of exploring this conversation with you, one of the things that I found is a, a running list on ironically BuzzFeed of all places, you know, the place where all black people go for their for their news and information. But BuzzFeed 
had a list of things that they believe, or at least a, a Twitter conversation started that might represent the revocation of someone's black card, the taking away of someone's black card. And I'd just okay. like to run through some of this list with you and see where you fall in terms of number one, whether or not you this would in fact take your black card away. But number two, whether or not you think that these are important enough to be deciding the worth of someone's blackness. Okay. All right. The first one, and this was Originally, this entire sort of like train was started by this dude, Chris Evans, not Captain America on Twitter. But he said, don't revoke my black card, but I've never seen the whiz. We got to take his black card. Oh, he's got his. He's, he's losing his black card immediately. Oh, only for that. That's the thing. That's the beauty about the black card. It's like two seconds later, they you take it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you get it back. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like we got multiple black cards because it's like, Langston, if you took my black card, then I could go and sit down with an- another black person. And it's like they don't even know you got my black sure. card. It's reinstated. You right. know what I'm saying? It, that's a nice. You're right. Yeah. It, it's a very nice thing of I can go. I can go spend time with a different group of individuals. And they like this, is the blackest blackity motherfucker I ever <laughs> met in my life. And you're like, yeah, I'm back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got I got nine black cards that are being held from me right now. Right, but I got thirty two <laughs> black cards over here. So <laughs> now a couple of these places I can't go back to. They they got my picture on the wall. They say I can't come back in, but everywhere else I'm good. I'm still black. I'm good, exactly. But I don't think that the wiz. I would never say that the not seeing the wiz makes you not black. Maybe you don't like musicals. Mm, that's a good. That's a good response because there's. But now, yeah. I'm I'm gonna be real honest with you, Langston. I might give a black person a side eye if they like. I don't fuck with the Wiz, but ooh, that 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 Wizard of Oz. Oh, that that Wizard of Oz, though. That that's my shit. That's interesting. I don't fuck with the Wiz. Yeah. Then I'm then then I'm gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, because Hold now up. you're adding a layer to this shit that didn't exist before. Hold up. Okay. It's the same motherfucking story. Right. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> and the songs hit different in the wind than they do in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you making a hard choice there. Okay, this was this was another one that came up. It was not knowing how to play spades. Where do you fall in the spades conversation of it all? I I do understand that people I take spades very seriously, mm. but I wouldn't take somebody's black card because or I wouldn't expect to lose my black card because I didn't know how to spades play spades because i also think spades is a very regional thing i agree because there's card games that people from the south say i have never heard of them in my life yeah i have never heard of these card games in my life yeah but it's but but that's what they play they don't play but you, you know yeah my, and so i my wife and her her grandmother and grandfather play pinochle and they like fucking, they used to, they go crazy with Pinochle. They used to be in tournaments for Pinochle. And then one time yeah. I was like, hey, bro, just teach me how to play Pinochle. And it's the goofiest fucking game because you got to add extra cards to the deck and all the shit. But they're from Maryland. So if I, you know, in, P- in Maryland, some old black household, I go, I don't know how to play Pinochle. They'd be like, get your corny ass mm-hmm. out of our house. This You ain't mm-hmm. playing Pinochle. What you doing? 
I'm happy that you said cards because when you said pinochle, although I've heard that before because I'm sure somebody <laughs> kicked me out <laughs> for not knowing how to play pinochle, but I don't even know. I, when you said it, I was like, does that involve dominoes? Like, what, what? Are they throwing sprite cans <laughs> at each tools? other? What, is what are the tools of this game? <laughs> the instruments that we use for this game. <laughs> I love that. Okay, this is a this one hit me. This was very complicated for me. This one came up where someone said, don't revoke my black card, but I've never seen The Wire. Well, maybe they just couldn't afford HBO. See, it's certain okay. things you have to, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but but here here's, here's a funny story. I was house-sitting years ago for this white woman who lives in Venice, mm-hmm. her, her and her husband, artists, like really, really hippie artists. And I'm house-sitting, and as I leave, she's like, Zainab, we left the box, the, we left the season one DVD set of The Wire, if you want to check it out. Yeah. What does that mean? And I felt I I I don't know. Yeah. But the fact that she was white made me made me not like check that. it out. Yeah. It, I, but I swear, if it was a black lady, I would have been like, "Girl, I'm watching a wire." You know, but like, hell yeah, Bernadette told me to watch the wire, and I, oh my god, I watched the wire. You know, but for some reason, I just felt like it was like the black thing she had in her house. Yeah, I don't like that. And you know, and so and so, I I never watched it. But here's the thing: it was funny about. Some things are so in the zeitgeist at a certain time. Uh-huh. I, I've never, I've seen episodes, like independent, you know, some episodes of, of The Wire. I didn't watch the entire, you know, but it, but that's truly because I was poor. Sure. And, and it's like, I'm a kid when The Wire is on, my parents didn't have HBO. Like, that's simply what it was. But even more to that, it, it like, to me, it's a really weird thing for that to somehow question your black card for a television show, like you said, on HBO which is, you know, a prime network. A premium that, network. premium yeah. network that wasn't servicing Black people for a really long time, but then additionally is made by a white man. Like, it's yeah. not like this motherfucker is like, nobody's like, David Simon is down, dog. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a motherfucker we rock with. It's just, he made the thing. But here's the thing. I know who Stringer Bell is. I still, as much yeah. as I've never seen it, I know the guy, never seen the episode of Power. Hey. But... I saw but the I pilot the and it wasn't for me and I moved on and I don't tell yeah. people often, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I keep quiet too. When I, you know, I, I haven't, I don't, there's very few black people that I have interacted with outside of the world of comedy. And one of the worst things, cause you know, they're watching, there's so many spinoffs now. Mm-hmm. They, sometimes they see you the morning after they watch the last episode. So it's like, have you seen, have you seen power book? And I'll be like, I don't even say I haven't seen it. Like, I don't say no, I don't watch. I, I used to say I don't watch it, but I stopped saying that because it gets a certain response. Now I say, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. That's actually where I'm heading right now. I'm about to go it, watch it. It's on, my, it's on my list of things to do. <laughs> Just not yet. But, but definitely not never. Not never. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you know I'm trying to see what 50 up to. Come on. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to hit you with a couple more and then we're going to head out of here. But but this one was interesting to me. Hating collard greens, black eyed peas, baked beans and yams. They listed all the the foods, apparently. But this entire list of foods (laughs) potentially could revoke your black card. Where do you stand in all of that? Yeah, you could lose your, I mean, I, I wouldn't personally take somebody's black card away. I would be wondering, like, what your taste buds is like, because it's like those are pretty good tasting but, like they different too. Like you mentioned, sweet stuff and savory. Like where do you just exist on like the scale of like food? Like I, you, you like that. Forget being black. It's just like I don't really want to go out to eat with you. Like that's yeah. what that is to me. You know. But I do understand with like 
the, if if you not that that's essentially soul food. And you saying you ain't rocking with all the soul food sides, then it's like, yeah, they gonna you, they gonna take your black card. Right. For a while. That's how I felt was like if I say yeah. all four of these things are gross yeah. to me, cool, take it away. I don't deserve this shit. But if I'm like, yeah. yo, I'm more of a greens and black eyed peas dude than a yams yeah. and, you know, baked beans dude. What the fuck? That that's just preferential, man. We all got yeah. different taste buds. Yeah, and then you ain't even really save yourself. You ain't be like, but I love sweet potato pie. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. could have came with the positive at the end. <laughs> you just you just laid all the sides out there. It's like you so you don't like uh, the veggies or the starches. Okay. Mm. I'm gonna hit you with one more. Okay. And then we are going to get out of here. I want to find a, a a really good one on this list. Oh, this this'll do. Not owning a bonnet to protect your hair at night. Does that get your black card taken away from you? No. Okay. No, it doesn't. All right. No, it doesn't. Because, I mean, Langston, I think you know this. I had a shaved head for eight years. Yeah. I ain't have no bonnet, a do-rag, nothing. And that would, let me just tell you, I felt free. <laughs> I felt free, okay? I felt free. I didn't think about my head when I laid down to go to sleep. Just scalp I didn't the think, pillow. I felt, I felt free, okay? Every every shower, the water was running on the top of my head. I felt free, okay? So, no, and we all have different, like, I mean, the bonnets are very useful and, and, and very helpful and protective for specific hair type but that goes back to black people not being a monolith right mm -hmm. like we all have different hair types and a lot of people think which this is a really ignorant thought that you have to be a mixed race person to have a particular hair type right and it's like yo i'm the same as all my i'm the same as all my 12 other siblings i got the most coarse hair right of the siblings my sisters have hair that you would say oh are you ethiopian do you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, like yeah they're trying to figure it out because people believe that black people have one type of hair if they're not something other than black. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If there's not some sort of exoticism attached to their blackness. Yeah, no, I, you know I, have, I have a homie who uh, I asked recently, just found out that he hadn't been perming his hair this whole time. He's like an older dude. And so I thought he was still doing like that shit that Diddy and Loon did back in the... Uh, mm -hmm. In that mm -hmm. I Need a Girl Part 2 video. You know what I mean? Like, they mm -hmm. were, how they had, like, the finger wave joints. I was yeah, like, Yeah, basically finger waves. This yeah. nigga's still doing the, the finger wave shit. And he was like, nah, I just, I'm just a black man with with uh, softer hair than, than yeah. you know, my counterparts. And I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but that's just the way it's always been. I was like, oh, shit. All right, cool. I'm glad to know you ain't doing yeah. this over your sink like we did in high school. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting, too. Like, uh, that last one you asked me. It's funny how you someone can say if you don't own a bonnet as a black, because really they're talking to black women, right? It's like mm -hmm. black guys don't own bonnets. But it's like if you don't own a blind, if you don't own a bonnet, <laughs> then you lose your black card or you're not black. But then a black woman, comedian Monique, told us, "Why are you wearing your bonnet? Why I got to see your bonnet?" Yeah. When you're you know what I'm saying? So there's also this. There's also this opposing conversation that happens within that's the reason why the black card is so fun yes and to your point if we keep it fun this is a game worth playing but if, exactly. if and you said this originally if we take it seriously this shit's ass because it's just a bunch of people yelling at you from different directions being like yeah you're not black enough you ain't black in the right way that i expected it's yeah. crazy yeah damn
I think we did it, Zainab. I think we, we I think we it, nailed Langston. it. What a wonderful episode. This was great. Could you tell the people at home uh, what you have going on and where they can find you? First of all, y'all better catch uh, me being a burger <laughs> on the bus down. Yeah. <laughs> on bus down on Peacock. That's which right. Which is available now. And also, you guys can catch me season two of Upload premiered on Amazon March 11th. And so check that out. If you haven't watched season one, check that out. And then social media, uh, most platforms, it's Zainab Johnson. And then TikTok, it is The Zainab Johnson. Mm, TikTok, got, they got you. You got beat. They got me. <laughs> well, please they follow Zainab. Please watch Upload season two. She's great. And yeah, watch Bust Down. That'd be amazing. Watch Bust Down. She's a burger in it and she kills the role. Mm-hmm. She screamed in a way. Uh, laughed and screamed in a way that I had never heard a sound come out of her voice before. And it, it truly jarred me in a, in a way that I'll never forget. Um, and as always, you can follow me at Langston Herman on all platforms. I ain't on TikTok. Don't bother. And uh, last and, and not least, please, you know, subscribe, review, do all the bullshit you're supposed to do to podcast. I don't know. I just say this at the end because I'm supposed to. All right. Bye, bitch. Yeah, subscribe. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.